He saw embryonic buildings here and there, sections of wall that the builders must have abandoned because of the heat. At least two kilometres from the station, he found Les Marguerites, a house that was faintly English in appearance, with red tiles, complicated architecture, and a rustic wall separating the garden from what for a few years yet would still be the forest. Looking up through the first-floor windows, he saw a bed with a mattress folded in two on top of it, while the sheets and blankets were airing over the windowsill. He rang the bell. A maidservant about thirty years old, with a squint, looked at him through a peephole first, and while she was making up her mind to open the door, Maigret put his jacket back on. "'I'd like to see Madame Gallet, please.' "'Who shall I say it is?' But a voice inside the house is already asking her, "'Who is it, Eugénie?' and Madame Gallet appeared on the steps in person, chin in the air, as she waited for the intruder to explain himself. "'You've dropped something,' she said in unfriendly tones, as he took off his hat, forgetting the handkerchief which now fell to the ground. He picked it up, mumbling something unintelligible, and introduced himself. "'Detective Chief Inspector Maigret of the Flying Squad. I would like a few words with you, madame.' "'With me?' And she added, turning to the maid, what are you waiting about for? Maigret knew what he thought about Madame Gallet, at least. She was a woman of around fifty, and there were no two ways about it. She was disagreeable. In spite of the time of day, the heat, the solitude of the house, she was already wearing a mauve silk dress, and not one of her grey hairs ventured out of the rigidity of her set. Her neck, bosom, and hands were laden with gold necklaces, brooches, and rings that clicked against each other. Unwillingly, she preceded her visitor into the sitting-room. As he passed an open door, Maigret saw a white kitchen sparkling with copper and aluminium pans. "'May I start waxing the floor, madam?' "'Of course. Why not?' The maid disappeared into the dining-room next door, and could soon be heard spreading wax polish on the floor where she knelt, while an invigorating smell of turpentine spread through the house. There were pieces of embroidery on all the furniture in the sitting-room, On the wall hung an enlarged photograph of a tall, thin, adolescent boy with jutting knees, dressed for his first communion. A smaller photo on the piano showed a man with thick hair, a salt-and-pepper goatee beard, wearing a jacket with poorly cut shoulders. The oval of his face was as long as the boy's. Another detail brought Maigret up short, and it was several moments before he realised that the man's lips, which almost cut his face in half, were abnormally thin. "'Your husband?' "'Yes, my husband, and I'm waiting to hear what the police think they're doing here.' During the conversation that followed, Maigret had to keep looking back at the photograph, and that could really be described as his first point of contact with the dead man. "'I'm afraid I have bad news to break, madame.' "'Your husband is away, isn't he?' "'Well, go on. Out with it. Has something—' Yes, there has been an accident. Well, not, strictly speaking, an accident. I must ask you to be brave. She was standing in front of him, her back very straight, her hand resting on a pedestal table with a reproduction bronze on it. Her face was hard, distrustful, and nothing about her moved except her podgy fingers. What made Maigret think that she had certainly been slim, maybe very slim, for the first half of her life, and had put on weight only with age— "'Your husband was killed in Sancerre on the night of the 25th of June. I have the painful task of informing you.' The inspector turned to the portrait photo and asked, pointing to the boy dressed for his first communion, "'You have a son, I believe?' 
For a moment, Madame Gallet looked as if the straight back that she thought indispensable to her dignity might be about to bend. She said reluctantly, "'A son, yes,' and then she immediately added, in a triumphant tone, "'You did say Sancerre, didn't you? And this is the twenty-seventh. In that case, you've made a mistake. Wait a minute.' She went into the dining-room, where Maigret could see the maid on all fours. When Madame Gallet came back, she held a postcard out to her visitor. "'This card is from my husband. It's dated the twenty-sixth, and postmarked Rouen.' She had some difficulty in suppressing a smile, betraying her delight in humiliating a police officer who was bold enough to intrude on her privacy. "'It must be some other galley, not that I know anyone of that name.' She was almost on the point of opening the door, and couldn't keep her eyes off it. "'My husband represents the firm of Nier-les-Sea all over Normandy.' "'I'm afraid, madame, that your relief is unfair.'